The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning, friends, and welcome to the Source of Truth podcast. And thank you for joining us as we start off the week together in the Word of God. And uh, we're glad to be able to take the Word of God, and I'm glad that you have made a point, whether you're watching this live at 11, or whether you're watching this later on YouTube or Facebook or listening to this on your favorite podcast streaming service, uh, we're just glad that you've given us, given me, a few minutes and a chance to share God's Word, something I love to do, study and to teach and to preach, and, and so to give a few, have a few minutes in your day is just a, is a blessing for me, and I appreciate that. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 46 this morning, as we're going to look at continuing. So jo- Joseph was, j- well, Jacob was just told, or better known, his name was changed in Israel at this point, but... Israel or Jacob was just told that his son is alive, and we talked about that last time. And now uh, he's talking about moving, moving up to Goshen. And, and obviously there's got to be a lot in his mind about that. He's in the place that God had promised. It is the promised land. We know later, you know, years, years, years later, that Israel comes back to the promised land. And we'll see in a minute how that's promised. And, but we, we, it's, there's a lot that's got to go into making that kind of a big of a change. That kind of move, especially at his age. And I encourage you that every one of us, and we're going to look at three things today that I think are absolutely important for any time we make this kind of major decision move when we move forward. I think in every part of life we need this, but especially in what he's talking, what we're going to look at today, in a major change, following God. I don't, you know, everything, I'm, everything I've known is now changing. And obviously his circumstances helped dictate it. It was a major famine. He finds out his son's alive. His son's in charge. All these different things dictated it. And it makes sense. It really does. So you see all of that. And so uh, there's three aspects of the story. Really what we're going to talk about is one of the things that is kind of on my heart. I, I teach us to the teens. I teach us in church. I think one of the things we really have to get a better understanding is this phrase of walking with God, the relationship with God. I believe with all my heart, true Christianity is not found in religion. It's not found in all the things I know and all the things I do. True, true Christianity is found in the person of whom I've put my trust. Is my trust in a church? Is it as a priest or a pastor? Or is my trust in Jesus? He says in John 14, 6, if any man will come unto, um, he goes, I'm sorry, John 14, 6, he, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Jesus, not religion, not church, is the only way to get to heaven. And so, you know, experiencing, but that goes beyond just salvation. It moves into every part of our life, that relationship. And understand that term relationship is problematic in our culture because inevitably you're going to have somebody you have a great relationship with, and that term means a lot to you. Inevitably, you may have somebody who you struggle, your relationship's not great. And that term relationship, man, just brings grief. And so please understand that I'm talking about a relationship that doesn't carry with it any type of expectation. Jesus loves us no matter what. And so we see three things about this story, about in this account, about Jacob, who has learned through the good and bad, who's been through bad, he's bad, bad relationships, he's been deceived, and all these different things, and he's seen forgiveness, he's accepted it. We just talked about recognizing the amazing grace of God. And so he's moving, and, and we see different aspects of Jacob's life. These are the kind of things that I believe one passed down, you know, Abraham or Moses showed it to Isaac, Isaac showed it to Jacob. They're passed down through generations and they're seen, you know, weekend. Yes, last time we talked about and all the negative you can look at. This is a positive. And these are the things that we need to focus on because we are never going to be without sin. 
But getting right with God and walking with God is an important aspect of it. So let's take a second and look at Genesis chapter 46. And it says, And Israel, or this is Jacob, took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices unto, God, unto the God of his father Isaac. And Abraham said unto Israel in the visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob, and he said, Here am I. And he said, I am God, the God of thy father. Fear not to go down into Egypt, for I will make thee of a, of a great nation. And I will go down with thee into Egypt, and I will also surely bring thee up again. And Joseph shall put his hand upon thine eyes. And Jacob rose up from Beersheba, and the sons of Israel carried Jacob their father and their little ones and their wives in the wagons, which Pharaoh had sent to carry him. And they took the cattle and their goods, and they had gotten in the land of Canaan, and came into Egypt, Jacob and all his seed with him and his sons and his sons' sons with him, and his daughters and his daughters' daughters, and all his seed brought he with him into Egypt. So what I want to look at is three different aspects. One, I just realized I made a mistake when I said that it was Moses taught Isaac to Jacob. It was Abraham. Abraham taught Isaac who taught Jacob because ultimately Moses who brought him back. So my mistake. But when we look at this, we see that Jacob had been taught, and he followed through with this. We know this. If you go back to his would be grandfather Abraham, Abraham, when he walked, the big difference between him and Lot, when they went on that journey, the ultimate big thing that drove Lot down a path that brought destruction to his family, and the thing that only brought blessing to Abraham was that throughout the journey, you would see times where Abraham created an altar. Abraham created an altar. He found God important. He created God important. He honored God in the journey. Isaac watched it, but never did, or excuse me, Lot watched it, but never embraced it himself. And the Bible says that when he was in Sodom and Gomorrah, his righteous soul was vexed from day to day. So we see that he, he did have, he was saved, we would use the term today, but he just didn't make this relationship important. And so we can see from that to Isaac moving down that that was an absolutely important part. And we see Jacob doing this now. Now remember, there was a time where Jacob wrestled with God with all of the things going on. And he literally said, he goes, I'm not going to let go unless you bless me. So we, we see, you know, again, we can talk about the negative, but we can also see the great positive of Jacob working and developing this relationship with God. Well, we see that this older age, three things that were true, probably true throughout his life, but true as we're getting towards the end of it. And so let's look at these three things that I believe are necessary and helpful in the aspect of our journey with Jesus. And it says in, in the beginning, um, in verse 1, And Israel took his journey with all that he had and came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices unto the God of his father, Isaac. So the first thing we see is he honored God. He recognized that what's happening now, he recognized that all that's happened with Joseph and all, like we said, he recognized, like we talked about last time, he recognized the grace of God. And when he does this, he honors God. He honors God because he's been blessed. In the midst of this famine, where he had every right to believe this is going to be either the end of my family or it's going to be a very damaging thing in my family, consider this. You know, seven years of plenty, I often wonder if, you know, maybe Canaan had seven years of plenty, the whole area did, but none of them really thought about putting it aside with this great blessing, great blessing. Uh, and it was Joseph who had been warned by God to do this. But you think about it, seven years and the entire economy is based on farming. They, it would have brought great, great death as famines did. And so uh, he, he's thinking of all these negative things and then all of a sudden, and not only, not, not only is it not death, it's my son's alive and now I'm going back up here, I'm gonna be taking care of him. So he's just recognizing all that God is doing, the grace of God, the goodness of God, and he stops to honor God 
with offering sacrifices, remembering that all of this is God's plan. All of this. And it can even go back to where he kind of dwelt on and contemplated what God told Joseph 20-some years earlier. He can see God's handprint through all of this. And that's why we don't always understand why God allows what he does. We don't always understand how he processes. And frankly, we almost never understand because we would always do it differently because we're selfish beings. We do it the way of least resistance, the easiest way. And God says, no, I'm going to use this to develop in you. So as we go, as we look at this, we realize that it's all said and done. He said, listen, I don't always understand how this ended up, but I recognize the grace of God and I honor God in this. And so the first thing is he honored God. Then verse two, and God spake unto Israel in the vision of night and said, Jacob, Jacob, and he said, here am I. And he said, I am God, the God of thy father. Fear not to go down into Egypt, for I will make there make of thee a great nation. And I will go down with thee into Egypt, and I will also surely bring thee back, bring thee up again, and Joseph shall put his hand upon thine eyes. So the second thing we see is not only did he honor God, he listened to God. He listened to the voice of God. And so obviously in this case it's unique because the Bible, this is Genesis, this is the beginning of it, it's being written. So God worked very differently with people like you know, like Jacob or Israel at this time than he did and to, than he does today in the 21st century. So what we see is um, we look at this scenario and we see that while God audibly spoke to Jacob, he does not do that today. He does not audibly speak to us. He finished that one, the completion of the Bible. But he does speak through his Holy Spirit. The Bible says his spirit is speaking especially to my spirit. He teaches me through the Word of God. He teaches me through preaching. He teaches me through peace and direction and answered prayer. All kinds of different ways he still works today. It's not audibly, but it's still through the Word of God. He wants me in the Word of God. This is his Word. This is his, his breath. The Bible says it's inspired and inspiration is God breathed. This is his voice to us. So we must honor God, but we must listen to God. Let's write, listen, listen. We don't understand all of it, but God, you're doing this. I trust you in it. Because when you listen, you get, yeah, stop. Here's one of the things I think is interesting when we use, and obviously we're talking about a voice of God. We're talking not about an audible voice, but can I encourage you that there's so many different things in our life today that persuade us. There's so many voices and so many things that we allow into our mind. We, we, our ears are open to that we're looking at saying, what's going on, and we allow, help us to make decisions, our circumstances, um, the news, the media, um, different people's opinions, uh, preachers or podcasts or whatever, financial advisors, all of these different voices, if I can use that term, are in our mind or in our head. And we use them, and, and many of that wisely. You should be listening to advisors and things and people and expertise in their area to be wise to make decisions. But I think sometimes we're so busy listening to circumstances and the voices of the world, I think sometimes we miss listening to his voice because his voice is a calming voice. Everything else is chaotic. His voice is calming. And we're so busy listening to the other ones because they feed that level of fear that somehow we, we want to believe. They feed that frustration. They feed whatever it is, the other voices. And we come to God, he calms that. And it's not so these other voices become overwhelming that often we come to him. If we would come and listen to his voice first, that's where we should start. And if we listen to his voice first, then all the other voices are filtered through the truth of God, truth of God's word, truth of God's teaching, and then we can begin to put it all together. So he honored God uh, by, accept, you know, by honoring him and recognizing God's blessing. He listened to God's voice, but he also trusted God's promises. He also trusted. He said that one, he goes, go down to Egypt and I will make a point to bring you back, which he did. 
He also brought his children back. We know the story. It was a large portion of Genesis and Exodus. It, it really comes down to, you know, he sent Moses and Moses was there and then Moses brought his people out and then they went across the Red Sea and into the wilderness and it wasn't a short time before they're standing at Canaan and then they spent 40 years in the wilderness because of their lack of belief. And, but God ultimately, through many, many miracles and his specific direct hand upon his chosen people for many years, brought them back to this place. And so he fulfilled his promise. So he trusted. And then the other promise was you will be able to be reunited with your son. And it was, it was God's plan to make all this happen. And Joseph would have said, it would have been easier just to have my son with me my whole life. And he goes, maybe, but I've used this to give you what you needed, not what you wanted. You know, sometimes that's exactly what we, we need to recognize. God is not always in the business of giving us everything we want. He's in the business of giving us what we need. And he says, you know, he will provide our needs. Yes, you know, he talks about giving us the desires of our heart. But let me be honest with you, when you're walking with God, your desires are godly. And I think one of the things we really need to keep an attention and eye on is the fact that we, are, we look at things and say, it's not fair, I don't like this, I don't like this. God, God doesn't always fulfill our wants and desires. He takes care of our needs. And we need to recognize that because when we do realize this need, why is he doing it? Because I have a need here. And that's something that I have to need to recognize that God's moving in my life to take care of my needs. And, and then maybe my desires. I think he still does that. But his primary responsibility, his primary desire, I won't say responsibility, this is God we're talking about, but his primary thing he will do is take care of my needs, not necessarily my wants. And God used this. And yes, God took Joseph away from Israel for 20 plus years to do, take care of something that Joseph didn't even, or that Jacob didn't even know was coming. God may move in areas of our life, take things away or put things in or change things to prepare us for something we don't even know is coming, but we need help with or preparation for. And I hope we lean upon that. So let's look at this again. He, he honored God with the sacrifice and worship. He listened to God and he recognized and learned and accepted the voice of God. And then he trusted God in the area of the promises that God would give. That is exactly how we need to live today. We need to honor and worship God and recognize that he's in control, trust his sovereignty and follow him. We need to listen, recognize and listen to his voice. Again, not audible. So we've got to take time to learn, recognize his moving in our mind, in our heart, spirit, through the word of God, through preaching and all kinds of different things. We need to be sensitively listening to the voice of God. And then when we recognize it, then we need to trust his moving in our life. That is what really simplistically is the beginnings of what it means to walk with God. So when the world is going crazy and things don't make sense and everything seems to be falling apart, the voice of God is what we listen to. Sometimes it's called the still, small voice of God. May we set aside the chaos of the world and keep our eyes focused upon Jesus, upon God this week. And I hope that will be an encouragement as we don't let the world tell us how to act and how to respond and what to do. May we let God and his voice and his comforting voice be what guides us this coming week. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us as we begin this week off in God's Word. We hope this is an encouragement, and we hope you'll continue with us this week as we journey, continue to journey through with the life of, um, like of Joseph. And we hope you join us as we continue to look at some great principles from this, these passages. We hope you have a great remainder of this week, and we look forward to seeing you next time.